Okay, hello, podcast world. Um, a couple of things about this first episode. Um, it is my first episode, so there's a lot of there was a lot of learning in this episode, and that's okay because um, I don't consider myself an expert in um, studio recording techniques. Or, I mean, even a master interviewer, but, I mean, I had all the equipment, so, and I've been thinking about doing a podcast for a while, so, here we are. So, my, uh, this first interview is with Angel Silva, also known as Debsil. Um, he's a tattoo artist. Um, graffiti muralist he does pieces um, and he's he's pretty much like a jack of all trades he, he uh, creative wise he can he, he designs um, you know like he designed his own uh, tattoo machine um, he's a pretty creative guy that being said, I will have all his Instagram um, uh, information um, in the description of this podcast. And um, actually, sound quality is not that great, only because I had to mess around with this recorder for a while, so I really wasn't sure um, how to do it. But I mean, I've already recorded three interviews. And uh, I think I got the hang of it on the third one. So um, here is I, I here is Angel. I I try to um, fix up the audio. Um, it's low in some spots, kind of staticky in other spots. But um, I hope you would you hear enough to get the gist of the conversation and enjoy this podcast. Thanks. Welcome to my podcast, Real Chicago. Um, I'm here with my guest, Angel Silva, um, artist name as named Debso. Um, he is an artist entrepreneur from Chicago. Um, um, company name, if you want to know, is Debso Creative. It's an umbrella of a bunch of creative stuff he's doing. Um, and he's a private tattoo artist at the moment. So, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, uh, let's see. Congratulations on your first podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Um, let's see how this goes, right? <laughs> we'll go. we'll um, um, so, first things first. Um, I know you, um, much like a lot of other people in Chicago as a, a muralist uh you do pieces graffiti pieces um i've known you about you for a while a long time um didn't really meet you until maybe a couple of years ago um what 
what do you remember like getting into art because i know that's like i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth but it seems to be like a strong focus of what you do and who you are is like being an artistic creative person do you remember like anything that sparked like your interest and maybe what um kind of led you down this path um a few things i um down the path of uh, of what of being a Chicago artist or an artist overall? I think an artist overall. Okay, so I I think it was in uh, fifth grade. Uh, I saw one of my you know one of my friends. Uh, he was drawing uh, like race cars and and uh, a notebook, and I just kind of. I don't know, for some reason that sparked something for me, like I can do that, you know, and I, so I went ahead and started doing the same thing he was doing, and then next thing you know, I was, I was, I was drawing the Knight Rider because that was what I was watching on TV, you know. Uh, I was living in Mexico, I, I went to grammar school in Mexico, so uh, that's where it started, in sixth grade, I. They, they, you know, they, they gave us the homework of uh, doing drawing the nervous system with all the colors of the nerves, like red, blue, whatever. <coughs> and and mine was the best one, and it came super easy to me. I was like, from one day to the next, I finished it, and I was like, whatever, and it was like the best one. And I was kind of, you know, surprised myself. And then uh, the next thing that happened that I remember is that I watched uh, Star Wars on TV at my grandma's house and just it just came on and and that was like uh, early 80s mid 80s it's early 80s uh, and it just sparked something in me that I, that's what I wanted to follow you know I wanted to look at that I wanted to because I wouldn't see anything in, in Mexico so then we moved here for a second time uh, in '89, uh, uh, my dad brought us to Chicago. He was already here, so he brought us to a little village. And, and for some reason, you know, this is a giant city, and where graffiti is abundant, you know, and and that's pretty much all it took for me to kind of just follow that path to to be uh, to start, you know, using start being a graffiti writer. And so I did, you know, and it's been developing ever since. Did you have a, what was your original um, graffiti name, your tag name? Uh, I, I like, I think it was Beware, you know, again, misspelled, like B-W-A-R-E. In, 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 in high school, I went to Farragut High School, so. And then from there was Hero, and then from there was, and then I just kind of thought about it a little bit better, and it was like, you know, I'm kind of like, what am I? Kind of those those questions came up, and and it was like I'm a, I'm like an art device, and then from there I just I didn't want to write device, I wanted to misspell it, so then I put this, instead of the V, the, the, the B, and so that's where D B, you know, I S E or I C E. This first started I C E because of ice, because ice pack was out, so I was like, ah, I gotta you know, do something kind of close to that, but then the S, I like the S, uh, 
how it's written, so I stuck with the S. And then just kept changing it, abbreviating it, DB, S, DB, DB, DBEL, is it double? DB, it was a bunch of different ones. So then at the end it was Debs, but then kind of like, I realized after years that it was kind of like a girl's name, D-E-B-S. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, so then I saw like the Toy Story and then the, the what's his, what was that uh, toy's uh, name? Lazzo. Yeah, I Lazzo. don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. And, I saw uh, it once maybe. Yeah, and then from there it was like, oh, I could just do the, put the O at the end. And so it was like Debso. And then that was it. You know, that was recent, too. That was maybe, like, I don't know, three, four years ago, four years ago, something like that. Right, and I, I do remember seeing your tags up. Um, I definitely kind of paid atten- started paying more attention when it was device. and um, Yeah, that name came back up because people started, some, some dudes started calling me that, and I was like, ah, why don't I just do a couple pieces with that name again? Uh-huh. <clears throat> And then, so that's what I did for maybe like a year or so, or whenever I wanted. And then from there, I just, uh, you know, I just went back to, to Debso. And that's what I've kind of like stopped at, at, at this. You know, I can't change it anymore if I'm, you know, putting my name on business cards or stickers. R- right, or right. You know, I can't right. change anymore. You kind of have to stick with it. And, yeah. And to kind of go back, um, Ice Pack is another crew, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a graffiti crew uh, from Little Village uh, that when I was in high school, they were, you know, painting walls. And, and that's what I looked up to, you know, what, what I saw that was, like, you know, impressing to me. And and what was, like, your, uh, I guess, your spray can technique that was developed over time? Or did were you just, like, uh, pretty good uh, right away? Because, I mean, I, I for the people that are listening, um, his pieces are pretty spectacular, and the colors are pretty amazing. And um, I'm just curious as to, was th- was that developed over time? Uh, I think it was pretty easy. You know, I, p- I had a pretty good hand. You know, like, like anybody that's young, you know, that's kind of how I see it, that your hand is you know, pretty good. I paid attention to, like, you know, how the cap sprayed i paid attention of the temperature of the can i paid attention to to the color uh the pressure all that stuff and uh and it kind of gave me a you know i was i was very meticulous very detailed for early on uh that's kind of what i wanted to do very very detailed pieces and that's kind of what i was putting out for the most part i wasn't really interested in the simple stuff i, I, I would always get really technical with things and and that's kind of like you know it taught me a lot and that and then now it's kind of a bit different now i i concentrate more on color and how people are gonna gonna see it and what they're gonna feel when they look at it and and whether it's gonna confuse them or not things like that right i i mean you've heard of stanley kubrick right um he did um like clockwork orange the shining all that stuff Mm -hmm. i found out uh forgot how long ago but um, the scenes that he, you know, films, he, the way he 
like with Kraft them was because he wanted people to have a certain emotion when they saw what he was creating. Uh-huh. Is that anything similar to what you might be doing? I'm trying to get to that point. It's it's hard for me to kind of like tell a story. You know, I'm not a I'm not a good storyteller, and and so I start to now I pay attention to to it because that's what I kind of want to do. But it's hard for me, so it's kind of like a challenge, and so I'm kind of getting into it to, to where I can tell a story in my way, and and you know, uh, colors like I pay attention to color and temperature and and um, color, temperature and geometry. Uh, I I know a little bit of design, uh, not much, but uh, you know, there's there's a lot of other things that I'm trying to put together when I when I do something but I haven't had the opportunity to actually put it out and, and really say that you know this is my way of telling a story so you know it's still in the up in the air uh, have, have you ever gone to school for art I went to art school um, in 95 uh, I did the f- I did a, a year and a half and I dropped out I kind of fell behind and I guess I lost interest for some reason, uh, I went for graphic design. I didn't really go for like, you know, uh, art, uh, like fine art, fine art degree or anything, uh, because I just thought at the time that uh, design was gonna pay me more. You know, I, I would just have to show up. Why I don't know. Right, right. Like c- commercial. Well, they say. I mean, I've heard it before. Art. Like commercial art is what pays the bills. Yeah. Fine art is which are kind of. Uh, it's a little bit harder to sell that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I was really good at the fine art aspect of it. You know, the design I kind of just needed to to like follow the rules that they were giving me, and that was it. And then just kind of put things together. And so that was pretty easy too. So I kind of wasn't really paying attention to that. Uh, the fine art I really got into like the charcoal and, and oils and acrylics and things like that. So that just came comes easy to me. I, I I mean I don't expect you to drop any names or I mean if you do that's okay but was there one any one artist that kind of helped you like motivate you to I mean it doesn't have to be graffiti artist um, it could be just in the whole art world is there any one artist that kind of stood out and said that you know to like to spoke to you you know like that it, it, I, I don't think it was one artist. Uh, it was the re- Renaissance period was pretty much what I was like amazed by. Uh, and that's pretty much it. And then now it's like Da Vinci is one of the most uh, artists that I like. Uh, what he's done and, and what he, you know, there's a lot more to discover from his paintings right and i know there's a i think there's an exhibit somewhere where they have the sistine chapel is that da vinci sistine? no that's michelangelo ah, yeah. ah. da vinci what he's the inventor guy right yeah yeah but he well yeah i can't say because i really don't know but he was getting things from other places and he was just you know putting him out he was because he was you know, worked for the king or whatever. I don't know. Right, and right. Gave him money, gave him money, and and so he would put out ideas and and all of that. Italian but, guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He actually, actually now I'm looking at this uh, professor and they're like uh, looking at his paintings and they're, they're, you know, how they have like the Da Vinci Code thing. So they're, they're coming up with all these other codes that he has in his, in his paintings and they go back to Egypt and the pyramids and geometry and all that stuff. So. And is, I mean, is that proven or is that just kind it's of like a theory? No, no, no. It's kind of like you could see it. It's all like written on the painting and they just kind of connect the dots. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Four year link. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I remember the movie um, and there's I'm sh there's a book, right? Yeah. And I don't think I've ever watched the movie, but I mean, I guess it does make sense because like, I mean, artists in general, they kind of like there's like 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 a writer a literature writer will kind of you know you want you to read in between the lines i guess why would it be any different with and like a visual like uh artist right yeah 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 um back to how you um how you ended up in chicago wh why did your dad why was did he get a gig over here in chicago yeah yeah carpenter you know uh he was actually uh, spent some time, most of the time, for 10 years that we were in Mexico, he spent most of the time in Dallas, in the Dallas area. And then he was here three years before we came. <clears throat> so kind of like setting up base. Yeah, uh, yeah setting up base and, and just, you know, we really came here and we had nothing, you know, we had nothing. Now we're not even somewhere to sleep. And so that's how it all started here for, for me. And, uh, you know, jumped on the bus to high school and like everyone else, I guess. <clears throat> Do you remember those first days of being here in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember looking out the window and the gambang was writing on the walls. <laughs> I was like, oh, dangerous. <laughs> and I didn't want to go to like those neighborhoods. I wanted to go to like the suburb neighborhoods where yeah. they have like the giant sidewalks. Like, yeah. That was in my head because of the movies, you know, back in the, yeah. back in the day. <clears throat> but yeah, that's you know that's where it ended up, and then I became what I wanted to be. Uh, and I had you know a lot of room to grow, and that's that's how I you know, grew this much, I guess. I, it, that's one of the things that used to kind of uh, piss me off was that you know I, I grew up basically watching like I basically lived in a video store in the '80s, and I remember watching all those like movies and they were all like in suburb the suburbs and i used yeah. to I, I used to uh envy like that the chemistry um the chemistry room the ca classroom had like bunsen burners and stuff like that and when i got to high school i'm like what the fuck like we don't there's none of that here, of that here. i like everything was like you know uh, you went to CPS too, right? Chicago yeah, Post. Yeah, so yeah. everything was like budgeted, like to the bare bones. Yeah. And I remember like the books that we had were like from the like late 60s, early 70s. And they used to bug the crap out of me, man. I'm like, what the hell, man? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was never a very good student, but I was always told that I had a good head on my shoulders. So I, that kind of helped me. Um, um, kind of uh, just help me kind of not be so down on myself um, I mean what what was I mean if it wasn't artists if you were, if you weren't like if your focus wasn't to create stuff be a visual artist what else do you think you could have been 
Well, with this body, probably like in sports, maybe, or a, you know, army, I don't know, a police officer, like something, you know, maybe a fighter. I have no idea. Something physical. Something physical because, you know, yeah. I think I got a pretty good build, but I don't take care of it. So <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> because everybody, you know, they would tell me, like, even the cops when they would stop me going to high school late, they'd be like, hey, you, the football player, come over here. And I was like, what Because everybody else was so smaller than me. So I was right. like, oh, he's talking about me. <clears throat> and yeah, so that's, that's who I was at the time, you know, how I grew up. I, I mean, I. I yeah, go ahead. And also, my dad would say, you know, you should be carrying cement bags at the construction site. You know, you built for that. And why are you painting on walls? And I'm, right. you know, he didn't tell me, but he told my sisters. And, right. you know, but it's funny. To me. I, I grew up in Little Village. And um, one of the things was that without really saying it, the gangbangers are kind of. Um, pinpoint somebody and be like uh this guy would probably be a good gangbanger you know yeah. like yeah they, they did they did that. like they would try to recruit people yeah. just based on their physical appearance yeah yeah did that did that happen to you yeah they didn't want me <laughs> they didn't want me they were like you're the you're the guy that's gonna you know uh, you're an artist so they saw something in you yeah they saw something in me one day i would ask me for they, they didn't ask me for tattoos because at the time I wasn't tattooing. But I could paint a wall, so they would ask me to paint something for them, you know, here and there. But, you know, nothing crazy. But, yeah, that's how they saw me. They knew me. You know, we just hung out like that, you know, not, not anything uh, with gambanging at all. So yeah, I didn't I, have a problem as far as I was concerned. Like with my – I remember there was a moment when um, some gangbangers, you know, whatever crucial remain nameless, but – they walked up to me and my brother, and they asked my older brother, like, what'd you be about? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, his buddy tells him, hey, leave them alone. They're just nerds. Yeah. <laughs> so that from there on, I think all the gangbangers that knew who we are, because I have three brothers, two older, one younger, I think everybody pretty much saw us like as a bunch of nerds. Yeah. So they didn't bother messing with us. Um, and... And that's kind of one of the things I I think is kind of sad about Little Village is that, I mean, I mean, there's people that become gangbangers and they become like hardcore gangbangers. And then you have your, the other uh, ones that are not gangbangers that, I mean, they have a chance, you know, to actually do something and be somebody. And mm-hmm. um, some do, some don't, you know, and that's one of the things about little village that um i mean i always look back i mean i live on the north side now with my wife and i mean do you still live in little village no 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 i left <laughs> a long time ago actually. um i mean do you think it's gotten better or worse in little village from i guess from what we've hear on the on the on the news it sounds like it's getting worse yeah, I think it's I think it's worse because there's not that many people like involved uh, because it's more new people. But uh, for some reason, it is more dangerous because no one knows each other. Whereas before, you know, 
they, everybody kind of like you knew where you were and who you you would expect to see and now you don't know right. now anybody can pop up on you anywhere right. right any age as a matter of fact so um yeah i know like like i don't know so if it was it yeah like last year a year or two ago um some like nurse some guy some like 30 something year old nurse got you know got kills you know i don't know if it was a drive-by but i mean it's just it's just i think about that kind of stuff all the time so my mom still lives in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and when i go i'm like i'm out of the car into the house out of the house into the car yeah i don't hang around man it's just yeah, no. and i think that's kind of sad because you know i'm in my car driving past all the spots that i you know me and my friends used to hang around and um it's just sad because it just just seems like such a foreign place to me now yeah yeah it's still very close-minded still you know still still the same all right let's get off of that um the sadness of little village (laughs) (laughs) of you um do you have brothers and sisters I have three sisters. And you're so the only you're the only guy? Yeah, I'm the only boy, yeah. Oh man. Well what place are you in? I'm the third third one. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh I'm I'm the I'm the third born, so um I guess I can kinda relate. Um um so I mean so what I mean you're a tattoo artist. How did you get into that from, I guess it was an easy transfer, right? Because, I mean, you're drawing, right? You're creating. Yeah, yeah, you're drawing all the time, uh, for the most part, yeah. Do you remember your first tattoo? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, well, I was, uh, I went to Mexico on vacation, like in 90, I think it was like 90, I'm sorry, yeah, 90, I don't know, 96. And uh, my friend's dad was the one that would do, you know, their, their friends. You know, they had a little machine, a homemade machine. And uh, they were getting to re- ready to do one. I had never seen him do it. And so he was trying to do it, but he, they were, we were all so hungover. Uh, I mean, I didn't know that they were going to do that. So mm-hmm. then, you know, he, he was getting some, uh, he drew some uh, old English letters on his back, like his last name. <coughs> And uh, he couldn't do it. I, could, I would just see the needle go in and out, like, really, really crazy. And then he was like, oh, I can't do it. So then I was like, oh, let me do it. And so then I finished it, you know, like, with no problem. And, oh, wow. And that was my first tattoo, like, on the street, like, on the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, just what I don't even remember what kind of ink it was or anything like that. But he's, it's still good. It's still, it's still there. It's, it's nice. I didn't mess up or anything. And... Uh, yeah, that was it. Then I I started here in Chicago, uh, like I think in mid ninety seven. Uh, yeah, mid ninety seven, ninety eight. And that was at your at your shop on eighteenth. No, that was, I was uh, in my mom's basement for like <laughs> a year. And, you know, as soon as I started having like a line in the basement, like oh shit, I gotta get out of here. So then I I actually called most. Uh, tattoo shops on the yellow pages i went to the yellow, yellow pages oh. and uh, the last one was like world class tattoo or whatever and then everybody else said no and the last shop that i called was like yeah sure come over 
So I was there for like a few months, maybe eight months. Um, it was a blast. I met some good people there too. And uh, and then for some reason I answered this this ad on the on the magazine because everything was sold in the magazine, you know, tattoo magazine, and they wanted to uh, a few artists in San Diego to to uh, go to a guest spot, and so they said yeah. So then. I jumped on it, I went to San Diego, and then I was there for two weeks, and then they picked me to go to Italy, because they had shops in Italy, and I went uh -huh. there, and I was there for three weeks, <clears throat> and, you know, I made some money and, and all that, and I think the only reason they picked, uh, th there was a couple other guys that were mad because they didn't get picked at the time, and they o the only reason they picked me was because I didn't really have any tattoos, I didn't have any tattoos, and the other guys were like blasting. You know? Yeah, and in Italy they were more like spas, like the whatever they had was were like spas with a with a tattoo room, uh, and so they didn't want like scary people, is what they were called, and uh, I was like ah, whatever you know. Huh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so yeah, I had a great time. That's when I went to Rome and, and the Colosseum in '99, and and it was great. I mean, just from like you know. Uh, I think calling or I don't know what I did I emailed or something I don't know yeah 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 so that was cool um how about this do you remember your first piece like your genuine like yeah yeah actually I have a picture nice uh and uh, I think I posted it but uh it was right there on uh on Harding oh no it was on on the the alley of uh between Ridgeway and Hamlin on uh on 26th street uh, I think it's still, I don't know, I think it's clean. I think that wall's clean. I'm there trying was to other, picture that. Isn't that the Concordia CD, there? The CD, no, behind the Concordia. Uh, there was a CD place. Uh, they, they sold CDs, music, tapes. They still do, though. Uh, I think they still do, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it was on the Ridgeway side of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamlin and, and, Ridge, and, and Ridgeway. But yeah, we asked for the wall, went in there, asked for the wall, and they said, yeah, and so we just painted it with, like, cans from Ace Hardware, you know, yeah, yeah. from the from Walgreens or something, I don't know, where they sold paint, but, but yeah, that was it, I mean, you know, that was the first piece. You know what, one of the f very, very first times I've heard of you, and I don't remember exactly what your name or what you were calling yourself then, but somebody had one of your sketchbooks. And I don't want to name the person who had it because I don't know, that guy's kind of an asshole, so I don't want to, like, talk about him on the podcast. But um, one character that stood out, and let's see if you can remember the character. Do you remember, like, most of the stuff he drew or is it all a blur? Let's see if you do. Let's see. And let's see if it's even, if it was your sketchbook, <coughs> but I'm pretty sure it was yours. It was... Um, it was a clown in a subway. So like, I, th I don't know if the clown was uh, painting like a subway wall, but it, the, like the view was like looking down the subway and it was like a side view of the clown with a can. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar. Is it something you might have drew? Can't really say. Do you, do you, do you still have your old sketchbooks? Uh, only one's missing. It's probably that one, right? <laughs> was it a black one? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards who had it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want to. That guy's kind of like I said, kind of an I mean, asshole. I don't, I don't feel like somebody stole it, so I haven't. You know, it's not one of those right. situations. So, so I don't know. Hopefully Do you have stacks down. and stacks of? No, I have like four maybe, and you know, they're not really finished or it's not yeah. great. I was never like, I never really paid attention to the to the black books. Something it's it's too small for me. I, I, I that's why I kind of like painting big. You know, obviously, I haven't painted that big, but right. I like bigger things. Uh, you know. <clears throat> but yeah, I do have some, you know. I just kind of like draw ideas more than anything. I don't finish anything, you know. Some dudes they really finish some stuff in there, in those books. I I really don't. I just kind of sketch things out, and and, and that's it. Uh, then I move forward. You know? I mean, I mean, when I'm gonna create something, I have a picture in my head of what it's the end product is gonna look like. Uh, how how do you do that? Do you, do you see that too, or you just kind of go with the flow? Uh, I go with the flow for the most part for, you know, for a long time. I, I just went with the flow as far as, like, just kind of, like, scribbling a little bit. And then from there, I could see an eye or a nose or... Yeah. Uh, and and that's how things would come out. Um, but nowadays, I, I, I really think about what I'm trying to do just so that I don't waste time. But I still do it that way, just kind of more to relax and nothing crazy, not, you know, for no reason. It's good to do that just sketch out no problem I, I mean i guess that's the difference between like commercial art and fine art because commercial art you're you're on a deadline you know and yeah. the client wants something and um it's it's i mean it's a huge difference that i don't think a lot of people understand you know is that um you could you could draw stuff that you like and you want all day but the moment the client comes up to you and says Hey, I want this to look like this, to have these colors. Um, I mean, me personally, I, it just I I can't I can't flow like that, man. Yeah, because they don't know what they're talking about. Ninety-nine point nine percent, they never know what they're talking about, and if they do, they're talking about something someone else's design, you know. Or right, else. right. They saw something somewhere, <clears throat> and you have no idea what it what that looks like, and they are really bad at explaining things. <laughs> For the most part, that's what happens because that's what happens to me when, with you know, ideas from people that want to get tattooed, a certain something, and I have to pick their brain and and you know, I, and that's why I stick to like simple things to where you have a picture. If you don't, then we're gonna have to look for one and we'll be there for two hours just going through pictures after pictures after pictures. Right. And you know, because I'm not gonna start drawing something from what you're telling me because that doesn't exist. You know, like mm -hmm. you just, and even if I draw something that I like. They're just gonna be like, no, I don't, you know, I don't want it. And then I just spent like three, three hours drawing something, and I'm not getting paid for it. So I stopped doing that, you know, a long time ago. Right, and, I, and that's like with graphic art. Like I have a laser engraver, and somebody, somebody suggested to me that if you're gonna start doing like doing it commercially or as a business, and when you offer fonts, offer like three or four fonts. Mm -hmm. Because if you start like yeah. open the the Bible of fonts, then you'll never get done with anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> Even if you they pick one, they are always thinking about this other one. They don't know why, but that's how it works. You know? yeah, that's yeah. how it is. And yes, you should be uh, you know more assertive with like what you want them to pick. Like you can only pick from these three. Which ones do you like? And they'll just point at one. Just keep it simple, and that's it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, let's get a little deep here. Um, 
and I'm not sure if uh, this is going to be like my ending question for all of my podcast episodes, but we'll give it a try here. Um, and if you don't want to answer, that's completely fine. I'm okay with that. But um, what what do you think? Is, and I really don't have a segue for it, but here we go. What do you think we're doing here? Like, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm here, you know, for certain stuff. But, like, as a whole, as a humanity, what do you, like, what do you think we're going to be like in a few years? What do you, what do you think, like, what do you think, like, our purpose is? Um... I know it's kind of a curveball, but I, I I I ask people this like in just normal conversations. And oh, okay. Well, no, yeah, I think about it. I'm I'm uh, very interested in in, in in like the universe and where we come from and who we are and where do we start? Where do we start? As of now, like as as much as I know, is uh, you know. The smart human has been living for at least that I know of maybe eleven thousand years, whereas they say that the you know history starts maybe like four or five thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. But you know they've been finding you know things older and, and older, especially yeah. uh, in Egypt where everything started and they created the the you know uh, the pyramids and they haven't even you know man today doesn't even know how they did that. And so I'm paying attention to that and people that are very interested in that and exp- they're exploring those. And that's where all this other stuff is coming from. Like artists and architects, they all went to Egypt and you know, uh, learned from them. Um, all the, how did, the, uh, how did people uh, learn how to uh, build the, 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 the churches in, in Spain and Italy and how did they do that? Where did they bring that knowledge from? And, 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 right. I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, like... They brought it from Egypt. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and they just kind of connected it, the, and then they killed everybody from Egypt, and then they, they, they called it their own. <laughs> right. You know? And that's where all these other organizations came up, like the, the Masons and, and religion and, and all that stuff. And it makes you wonder, like... Um, because I mean the pyr- most I mean the big pyramids they're still around so I mean yeah, like they're still standing I mean even in like Mexico and and yeah I mean I mean so I mean I saw this uh, uh, documentary where it says that the Egyptians traveled to Mexico and they traveled to China and to India and they spread their knowledge because they they say that they invented the meter uh, the centimeter and you can measure a centimeter well how they did it you know, as in they said is that if you if you drop a, a drop of water on a, on, on a surface it, it measures a centimeter anywhere in the world oh, wow. yeah so that's how they came up with you know they said well 10 centimeters 100 centimeters is a meter and so that's how it all started, as far as numbers is concerned. And they also came up with the numbers one to ten. I mean, it's all related. But 
they did they did an immense amount of I mean they knew more than that you know but that's kind of like do you, do you, yeah do you think the Egyptians let's see how do I say this do you think the Egyptians knew that the pyramids were going to be around for as long as they did I mean was do you think that that's that was I mean obviously there was a creative part to it but I, do you think that they were like, okay, we're going to build this and it's going to be around for, you know, X amount of years? Yeah, I think they did. I think they did the math, you know, and it's all mathematics. It's I, all I, I, yeah, I did hear that um, when they built, you know, the the, the big pyramids, the ones in, where is it? Uh, Giza. Giza, yeah. Um, they, they did the math and they figured out within this time frame, um, what size of a pyramid they can make, and that's why they would make those particular pyramids that size, because they had, they, they did the math and they figured, okay, a workforce can you know build this for X amount of years, so this is, it was a lot of planning involved. It wasn't just like you know, you know, a couple of guys you know getting together, a couple of people getting together and building a pyramid. Like there was like. They wanted they wanted to make sure that they were completed it in their lifetime. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think art in general should kind of be like that. It should be timeless, you know, like where it doesn't like you can't really. Um, I mean, you can always go back to it as a reference. That's what the you know Egyptians were doing. Um, I mean, all uh, it seems like all the really good artists, you can always go back to them, and it's like their stuff is always good, you know? And there's, you know, some artists, I mean, they'll do something in, you know, a couple of years, and you kind of forget about the piece, or, um, I mean, wh what do you think about that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, you have to do the math, you know? Yeah, the great artists, they did the math. Uh, they they didn't just like scribble or whatever. Uh, I I if you do the math, you can you know it can live on forever because you know math is 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 everywhere. You know it connects to you, like you can see it, but you just don't realize what you're looking at. Uh, you like something, you don't know why, but it's it's because it's a mathematical equation, but you can't see it as numbers or right. lines, and and that's what creates good art and you know the pyramids are the greatest as of right now uh, and uh, that's where all you know the, that's where all came from uh, the the like great you know architecture uh, all those things architecture is also math and geometry <clears throat> right, and they connected themselves to the universe, like the sun and the moon, and, mm -hmm. and they knew how big they were, how far they were, they knew all of that stuff. So, I, because going back to, you know, what we're supposed to be doing here, uh, you have to realize that you have to look at yourself that you're supposed to, not that you're supposed to know that, but you need to realize that everything is math, and 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 you are math, and and the planets and the universe is all math and geometry and. And then you start kind of getting smaller and smaller to where you're every day and you're what you look at and, and what you like and what you don't like and what you put out, uh, you know, to other people. Uh, 
you know, it should always be be positive and, and, and good and, and, you know, never negative. Right, right. I mean, the numbers don't lie, they say, right? Yeah, the numbers don't lie. It's like, uh, you know, they say you can... Uh, <coughs> What is that called? Uh, can't think of it right now. But uh, like, uh, num you, like you can break down a song into into math, and I think that you can, same way you can break down a painting into math. <coughs> right. I mean, and a painting into into music. Right. And I mean. I mean, look at something like uh, like Pollock, the guy that does all the like splatters. Um, it looks like he's just kind of like just splattering, but I'm sure he has some kind of frame, like or vision in his head, of where to strategically place these, you know, splatters. And whereas like a regular person can look at it and be like, it's just a bunch of splatters, but to him, there's like a certain like a representation that either we do know or we might not never know might not ever know you know well again that brings us back to people connecting people seeing seeing math and geometry and then some people can connect a certain a certain splatter with another in that same painting and 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 then another and then another and they kind of like it and they reminds them of something uh you know without even knowing and that's that's why that those paintings are are light, are, are you know, or they're valuable because what he was doing, he was just doing it, but then he realized that people liked them, and then you know from then on it just kind of started you know well, you know, uh, why are they so expensive or whatever you know like any other item that's sold on the market, but if you take away all of that and you just look at the splatters, and, and if you kind of like try to picture them in your head, you can. And if you look, really pay attention to them, you wanna you wanna kind of look at them and try to connect some dots in there and 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 see if it makes sense to you, you know. And 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 that's all he was doing. He wasn't really drawing or or painting a picture of someone, or he wasn't relating it to anything other than other than his body and his muscles and and, and you know what he was how he was feeling at the time, whether it was right. daytime or nighttime. And it's all and it's all in there and. I don't know. I just I just feel that it gives that, you know, emotion. It's more of an emotion. Right. Yeah. I, 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 uh, speaking of emotion, um, do you get attached to your art? I do, as you can see. I got it all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Not because it doesn't sell or anything, but I mean, because if I wanted to sell it, I would just put it outside and sell it for a couple of dollars, <clears throat> and just right. keep making more. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, how how do you price? How do you put a price on something that you feel so much about, you know? I mean, I whenever I, you know, make something, it doesn't matter what it is, I, I sometimes I feel like I'd rather give it to the person than selling it because to me, I think sometimes it's it's there's more worth in giving it to somebody than actually getting like a monetary value for it. Oh, yes, you're right. Um, yeah, I would love to give it away you know I, I like when I do that uh, and sometimes I create something just to give it away not that I've given a lot of things away but <clears throat> sometimes you also feel that people are not going to appreciate that you know and 
it just it's just a weird connection I, you know I, I don't know yeah I, I, yeah I had, I had a weird experience like that where I was doing um, stencils uh, on, uh, on on blank skateboards and quick story and it was of my friend um, ever Javi Javier Madragon and um, his it was one of his original like uh, drawings and I was like there was skaters at the at skate park and a way to I think promote my shop was I was giving these boards away uh-huh. and one of the one time one of the I guess kid he was a kid came into the shop and he had spray painted over the stencil and I was like thinking to myself like what the fuck you know like it just didn't didn't I guess the value that I had for it didn't translate to him like it didn't it didn't get embedded into him you know and it's kind of sad and I, I I still have a couple of those decks and I posted it recently and not the person that spray painted but one of the friends was like oh you, do you have any more of those like blah 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 I remember those and I was like, I mean, yeah, I have some, but I'm not gonna fucking give them away. <laughs> Fuck that. And and and, and yeah. I I hate that because it it goes to the thing of like y- you appreciate something so much, and then someone else won't even look at it twice, you know? Yeah. That that's one of the one of the biggest things that's been hard for me to wrap my head around. That I just you can't expect, you know, anything. I mean, people are gonna. You know, have it on their wall maybe for a month and they'll throw it away. But you know, if that's what happened, that's what happened. You can't, you can't still be attached to it or, or have it like, you know, bring you down. <laughs> and I think that you should, at that point, you should be like, oh, so I saw you threw it out. So you know, um, are you looking for something new, or maybe I could do something for you? Then you know, you open up another door right. that may. You know, I think that it's, I think it's more, that's called like hard work, you know, like you don't want to do that. You're just like, ah, forget about that and move on. But if you really pay attention to things and, you know, obviously it is a lot of, a lot of hard work and time that you're going to put into that little situation that may have brought you down, but you want to make it a better one with that person that you feel it's worth, you know, worth dealing with and, and connecting with, and then you, you, you you start something new and, and. and it is hard work to to get to a to a positive space with them. What do you, what do you think the percentages of people who can understand and appreciate art is art to the people that don't understand and don't give a shit? What do you think like a percentage wise? You know, hundred you know, in a hundred percent. Oh man, I would say. I mean, I I think that it's growing because of Instagram. Yeah. The people being interested in and you know giving giving something value uh but i would say uh, it's still under 50 percent of people that do like artwork yeah. and, and appreciate it way way below 50 percent uh because most people are you know are blue collar and, and, and you know if if their wife buys a painting they're just like ah whatever i can't take it back because she'll get mad or something you know in those, right, those right. normal situations uh yeah and and you know i think that other artists uh either well other artists are very also judgmental where they're like i don't really like that guy's shit you know (laughs) 
I'm, I'm laughing because there is some artists where I'm like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> or fuck that artist. But there's other artists where I'm like, I just can't wait for the next thing they fucking produce, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I'm I'm no fucking art critic, and you know I didn't go to art history class, or I didn't. I don't major in art, but there's something when I see good art, it like like sparks something. It like like it like something happens in my head where I'm like, that's fucking good art. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's one of the things that just some people don't. I mean, like, they, they just take for granted. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, paint, you know, like all of humanity with a broad brush, but I just feel like it takes a certain mind to be able to recognize the real deal, man, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah, everybody has it. They just either don't pay attention to it or don't develop it over time. And so I do that, too. Like, like I don't know why I like this guy's drawings or paintings, but... I just do. Uh, can I do something better than him? Yeah. Uh, like knowing that tells me, like weirds me out because I'm like, why would I, you know, kind of like this guy's stuff? And and I think it's just the way that they do it. This, it's the way that they put it out and why they're putting it out and and how they're running their life. That I'm like, man, I I, I want to do, I want to be in that situation where. Uh, I can bust something out and then, you know, sit down and draw for two weeks and then bust something else out and, you know, and then travel over here and do something else. Yeah. And I'm attracted to that. I think it's a situation and and also the drawing that that I can look at it and and even try to, you know, I have a story for that painting on the wall that I can tell people about this person, this artist, and, and, you know, it makes me feel good. And that's it. That's my value to it, you know. And uh, whereas other things are like, oh, you're just like, well, yeah, that guy, you know, he got paid all this money for, for doing that, and I don't think this, I don't think that. And, you know, I don't, I don't really know the artist, uh, you know, but most people, that's what they would say about that kind of artwork. Right, right, right. That it, they don't know anything about. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that if, if artists would put themselves out a little more uh, to where, what, you know, how they struggle and where they come up with their ideas and, and, and you know, basically just tell bigger stories i think people will, will will understand them more you know right 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 yeah. it kind of it, it'll help it'll help people understand them you know like you know people here like they see me just walk in and out they don't know what i'm doing right you know? right <laughs> my doors are closed right they're like oh he's probably doing drugs in there <laughs> <laughs> right <clears throat> so yeah i get it, i get it um i just just I guess, and I and I know it has to do with like you know money and stuff like that, but I just would hope that you know this world would appreciate art a lot more. I mean, some people wake up, they're like, "All right, I'm going to work," you know, break time, go back to work, leave work, go home, watch TV, eat dinner, go to sleep, and they're okay with that, and yeah. that's and that's okay, you know. I have nothing against that that person. But sometimes it makes me wonder, like, um, what if that person got into doing something creative, whether it's, you know, visual, musical, you know, whatever. Maybe they're, 
they're maybe they're a spectacular or creative person and they just don't know it because they never took that chance to um to kind of explore that part of their life you know yeah um yeah i think i think that now it's it's a time to do that you know now i think i've seen more people now come out of their shell than than ever before um, there's so many avenues that you could put out your work or you know and not care about it and, and there's so many people you know that you can listen to that that promote you to promote positivity and and you know it gives you energy to 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 put whatever it is you've been having in your head out you know for other people right right because if they don't then that energy turns into dark energy and and then they put out bad things in the world right violence and you know mistreating people and right right when i mean it's like if it's not, I mean, there's obviously a middle path, but um, when people start using that creative energy or that creative thought process, um, the wrong, the wrong way, <laughs> the wrong way it can, uh, it can definitely hamper, you know, like not only the individual but the world, you know, together. And you know what? Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, the, let me see. Let me see. For the podcast world, the boom is falling off of the table. <laughs> That's what you hear all that squiggling and stuff. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say um, thanks for um, agreeing to. Um, be my first podcast get podcast guest, and um, I don't know if um, you know, I don't know what people will think about this in five, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred years. But I would hope that um, they got a um, like kind of like a insight into who you are, who Angel Silva is, and I I would hope that they you know learned a little something about you and chicago itself i just want to say thank you oh thank you thank you for the invite thank you for thinking about me and uh i think that you're doing a great thing i've been wanting to do one of these things forever uh, and i've told people why don't you do a podcast and they just won't do it so uh, it's good that you started you know uh, so and i you know, hopefully it'll be back soon yeah, I'm going to um, definitely have you. From the, from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have like a, like a list of stuff, other stuff I want to talk to you. So I'll definitely be back um, and have another chat with you. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. So there it is. Um, my interview, my first podcast interview with Angel Silva, aka Depso, or um, his muralist graffiti name is Depso. And I um, hope you enjoyed it. I know the sound quality wasn't that well. So, um, the next couple of interviews, you will see 
a definite a definite change in quality and production so my apologies I just didn't want to abandon this first interview so uh, I try to work some uh, production magic and mess with the volumes and stuff like that and I hope I salvaged it but again this is my first podcast my first episode and I hope you heard enough to enjoy it um, so the next one next podcast will come out soon I'm not sure when hopefully very soon after this one but um, thanks and I hope you subscribe and tune into the, for the next episode thank you